three-hour lockdown in Fife, Scotland, you're listening to Films and Swearing, a movie podcast with your hosts, Stuart Sutherland and Magic Mike Christie, and you wee fans are listening to episode 257. Today on the podcast, shit gets real as we jump into the action genre of 1996 with a double bill of... Independence Day from director Roland Emmerich and The Rock from director Michael Bay. Cue explosions. Oh man, I was fucking, I was praying you were going to say for the director of Rocky Johnson. Director of Rocky Johnson? Yeah, The what? Rock's dad, because he directed The Rock. He directed his dick into The Rock's mum. Jesus Christ, Michael Christie. I mean, I had that little introduction there where I was like, right, mention both the films today and then start off apologising to you because I stepped over your introduction there. But now that you've made such a shit joke, I'm going to retract that apology. Because Uh, what the fuck? uh, And sweet Jesus. She tried to fucking, I was trying to put up like, Gif on Twitter the other day, like in the the rock, obviously the film. It's so hard to do it on Twitter because it's just Dwayne. Countless gifts of Dwayne. Oh, aye, that's it. I guess it, it, his materials a lot though. Look at the man could be the full time meme, like with the eyebrow. Just aye, he's got all the reactions. Of course, he's the fucking king of like Twitter memes and gifts. You'd have yeah. to be, like, fucking specific and go, like, Nicolas Cage, The Rock, Michael Bay, 1996. Just to kind of get, like, I don't know, a picture of Sean Connery. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Corona The Rock's basement. <laughs> and that's the movie, not the wrestler's arsehole. For our, our hey, audience hey, at home. bad. <laughs> I'm infected. It's infectious. Now it is in my brain and it'll ruin the rest of the episode. But let's take things on that uh, somber note. We need to acknowledge the passing of one of Hong Kong's great uh, comedic actors. Uh, Tat is a legendary Hong Kong actor best known for starring alongside Stephen Chow. Uh, for many, many popular films, I think together they might have had 18 collaborations. Now, I think most audiences will recognise him as the character of uh, Golden Leg Fung from Shaolin Soccer. He's sort of like the guy who is like the rag to riches, or reverse. He's an absolute pauper with like a a, a bad leg, and they all cry like a lame duck, and he's there just begging for change. And Stephen Chow's yeah. character is trying <clears throat> to help him by teaching him kung fu through football, and he thinks, you're a fucking moron. Give me money. I, I've still no seen Shalom Soccer. I've only seen Kung Fu Hustle. With. Oh, and that's the one he isn't actually mm-hmm. in, funnily enough. But it was loads through the 90s. They, they were like an inseparable team. He done a great one uh, called Fight Back to School 2. And it's one of those ones where it's like, cop goes undercover in high school. So Stephen Chow was undercover as a cop. And Mantat would be like his supervisor 
and he would get a job in school as like a janitor and he would just try and mull runes. But when shit kicks off at the end, they uh, do like a homage to Terminator and Mantat's got the leather jacket, the sunglasses and the fucking shotgun and he's going after the bad guys in slow motion. <laughs> but uh, one of his later roles, he, oh, I mean, he passed away at the age of 70. Uh, I think this last Saturday, uh, due to uh, liver cancer. But the man amassed 167 acting credits. Yeah, yeah and I mean, we were like talking about people the other week with credits similar to this, but fuck, they were in their 90s. They had like an extra 20 years to get on this. Like in Hong Kong cinema back in the day, they were churning them out like nobody's business. But uh, one of the last roles I recognised them in uh, was uh, The Wandering Earth, which was like a mainland China uh, film. It was like a fucking giant take on uh, Armageddon. So, but it was... So it wasn't wasn't drillers that were going to fly into space and drill a hole in a meteor in a hand. No, it was kind of similar. The meteor was... (coughs) Sorry. The meteor, uh, from what I remember, because it might have been two years now since I last seen it, a meteor is coming towards Earth. They can't stop it, so they have the best engineers on the planet to have assemble engines on Earth to push Earth out of the atmosphere, out of the projected path of the meteor. Well, yes, that's different. Yes, it's ambitious, but when you watch it, because I think at that point, the far into the future, Earth's not as good as it used to be. They've already kind of had all this technology built, but this is the first time having to use it to actually move it. Yeah. And he he played the role of, I think, one of the main characters' grandfather. So he was just kind of like a subplot character that was there with the granddaughter, trying, obviously, trying to save the child and things like that. But Netflix uh, put some money into it because they had, it's got a full English dub on uh, Netflix as well. And it isn't half bad. Like, normally, I do enjoy watching the film with subtitles, but... I think I'd put it on in the background, not thinking I'd get that invested in it, because it's also maybe two and a half hours, but fuck, I uh, but it gets to the last hour, and I was glued to it. It was actually a really good film. Quite an interesting premise of this whole, like, pushing the fucking earth out of the trajectory. Aye, it's different. That's probably something that Michael Bay probably fucking dreams of. Totally. It's like, can't we get like, Optimus exactly. Prime and Bumblebee to push Earth out of the way? <laughs> but I so that is it. you know the one thing I do miss that we're recording these over Skype now is I always like pulling up a clip when oh, we used yeah, to record yeah. it in person so we could kind of watch like moments that people would know and for people that weren't aware they could hear like the sound clip and maybe they recognise it but I guess that doesn't work in two senses like one we're in lockdown two it's all Chinese film, so we'd be sitting there listening to like a conversation in Cantonese for two minutes that no one would really get. Yeah. But yes, that is that. Let's move on to our films for today. So, starting with Independence Day. I don't know why I should do this, but 
if you have not seen Independence Day, we're going to warn you. The films we're going to be talking about today, Independence Day and The Rock, we are going to spoil these films at great length. So, if you haven't seen these movies, I mean, I think in how to finish that sentence because I can't imagine a world where people haven't seen Independence Day and The yeah, Rock. And I mean, the, and I mean the fact that like Independence Day is streaming on like, Disney Plus and The Rock's available on like Now TV. I'm assuming that it's on like maybe HBO Max. Maybe. Yeah. So that's it. They're, they should be everywhere. So yes, that was your warning. So yes, if you haven't seen them, go watch them. Get back to us. But Jesus Christ, I think possibly any anyone from our generation have seen these movies by now. Oh, I, you know that at some point in these these this next episode, we probably will be mentioning our beloved fucking Walker's video. Oh, of course. It's like that prime age where you would be mm. getting to go there and fucking picking up videos. Because that's, I'm already thinking, like, did we get these for Walkers back in the day? Or was this at a stage where we were getting pirate copies passed on to us? Because I remember when I first started getting uh, pirate films on tape. And it was, yeah. it was just, like, astonishing in the sense of, like, man, this is just out. How do I have this before it's out? And I always remember it, it was... Like the quality uh, wasn't always very good, it was always a bit rougher in the edge. I remember mum and dad got me a, a fucking rented a, a copy of fucking the Jungle Book. I didn't get how it was a copy because it came in the fucking 70s. Aye. But it was a pirate copy of the Jungle Book that must have cost like 4 for the night or something. What? I mean, for me, mm. it was definitely... I, I'm sure it's right. Men in Black... And the Lost World of Jurassic Park. Ah yes, I had that one as well. It was a double. It was the same yeah, a long, same tape, a, right? a long play tape with both yeah. roads on it, and they're just like what? Witchcraft. Now. Oh, back in the days, a long play tape. So. I know. Like that was it. It's totally going to turn into like kids today will never know what it's like. <laughs> Like, making sure you get like fucking when it was like thumbs the adverts you would like stop it at the advert exactly cut that shit out and because it was always shit when you watch like a two hour film on channel four it was always at least four hours before the adverts totally and that's it the the lens that we would go to to try and squeeze three films on one tape that you'd be strategically trying to find like three 80 90 minute movies just yeah. to kind of work within the, the parameter, the, the amount of space you had left on that VHS tape. Or you'd always have uh, two and a half films. So you'd, it'd be mm. two films, then you get to one end, and it's like, man, I only got to see three quarters of Police Academy 4. I'll never know if <laughs> if the citizens were successfully on patrol. <laughs> anyway, oh. let's have a look at the, the filmography, the the... So, the directing credits for Roland Emmerich. Um, and that's what I do love about doing this show, when it comes to the research stage, and you, you realise things that are probably really obvious before, but you didn't know it until you fucking look on the IMDb and say, oh, Roland Emmerich's, like, from Germany. Yeah. 
And his first, uh, let's see, I think three directing credits, like feature film directing credits, were obviously German language films. And some of the but fucking. He's, but he's, that's his major fucking Hollywood land or Universal Soldier. It was. It was his yeah. breakout. Well, for us anyway. I'm not sure if it was for Hollywood, but fucking hell, for like a couple of ten-year-olds, that was the film. Now, mm-hmm. his first feature film, uh, the 1985 film, Making Contact. I'm just going to read you the plot. Uh, believing to be able to communicate with his deceased father, a young boy developed psychic powers where he could use them to try and stop supernatural forces threatening his family and friends, especially a possessed ventriloquist dummy. God, that seems like someone had goosebumps. Yeah, and it was great making contact, but it's also I had the original title of Joey, and it looks like a fucking children's film, but it's like rated 15. Oh. Now, his, his next little spooky encounter is a film from 1987 called Hollywood Monster. In an old Hollywood mansion, the spirit of an old family retainer inhabits an old grandfather clock. When a movie company uses the mansion for a film, the spirit inhabits the body of a prosthetic robot based on the photo of the butler, who then persuades two filmmakers to track down the great-grandfather's fortune before the old house is destroyed. These sound fucking complex and fucking bonkers. It's like almost sounds like the fucking Goonies, but then it's like, oh, it's a ghost that fucking possessed the clock. Now he's possessed a robot. I'm pretty sure if you, I'm pretty sure if you pitched that to fucking uh, Chris Nolan, I reckon he would come up with a film and a plot within two hours. Oh, <laughs> oh God, I can't... And somehow, it, somehow it would involve bending time. Yep. Oh, it'd be it going would... backwards, forwards, side to side... It would be told in reverse order. <laughs> you would need to watch it at least three times. About three times. Now, uh, one last one before his Hollywood breakout in 92. Uh, 1990, he'd done the film Moon 44. An unconventional corporate agent is given the task of shaping a group of violent criminals and technical wizards into a helicopter defence force assigned to protect a mining station on a remote moon. Hmm. That almost sounds like shades of fucking Armageddon, where like they're hauling together a crew of people to fucking do a job. But it's violent criminals and tech guys. What, what good are they to protect a mining station on a remote moon? Yeah, let's leave the moon getting protected by fucking criminals. It's almost kind of like Suicide Squad in a way. Aye, that's it. They're going to the moon. Because they're, but... they're all criminals. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Maybe like, I wonder if these films are like streaming anywhere. Because they sound bonkers. Now, I mean, the guy is fucking has a fucking stacked filmography. Because obviously, 92, Universal Soldier. We don't need to really say much more than that, because it is, yeah, it is a fucking <laughs> film and a half. 94, he came back with Stargate. Ah, yeah. 
and I mean that that's obviously a huge um, franchise itself. I think they had what was it James Spader and Kurt Russell in that movie. Yeah, believe it or not, I've only ever seen it once, and it was like years ago. So I can't even remember if I even liked it or not. Aye, I've watched it once or twice in the last few years, and I think that was just when I did my Kurt Russell challenge a few years ago, and then when we were doing the Kurt Russell episode, I think I watched that, because that was going to be the original review for me and Andrew. But, man, it was mm. a it was a tedious watch, because any cut you find nowadays is like the director's cut, which sends it well over two hours. And I did, and it's just something that Disney clicked. I can't remember much excitement happening either. Aye. But anyway... If I could right those wrongs the following year when it comes to 1996 and Independence Day. The cast of Independence Day includes Will Smith as Captain Steve Hiller, Bill Pullman as President Whitmore, Jeff Goldblum as David Levinson, Mary McDonald as Marilyn Whitmore, Judd Hirsch as Julius Levinson, Robert Lagoya as General William Gray, and Randy Quaid as Russell Case. Alright, Mike, for the uninitiated, what is the plot to Independence Day? I mean, I, I was looking at how to fucking interpret this because, I mean, it's basically about fucking aliens that invade the Earth because they want to completely fucking eradicate the planet. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to fucking narrow down what Jeff Goldblum's like actual role was because he's in an office building for like the first half of the film, so I'm assuming he's like a computer whiz. Ah, for like a TV station or a newspaper, some sort of media outlet. Yeah, because his wife, his ex-wife's a fucking. She's like the president's aide or something. Eh? Aye. Yeah, they end up somehow. I suppose I read the fucking I read the synopsis on on IMDb and let me just get the synopsis up and it's fucking mad. <laughs> so they're trying. It doesn't give you like a, a like it's yeah. It's like uh, let's see, let's see. Um, yeah, it says the aliens are coming and their goal is to invade and destroy Earth. Fighting superior technology, mankind's best weapon is the will to survive. Hmm. Hmm. Alright, I guess that's... Was that what you think they put on the back of the videotape back in the day? I think it would have been fleshed out slightly uh, more. I remember getting the videotape and it had... Oh. It was a fucking... Oh, what do you call it? Lenticular. Lenticular, yes. It's a lenticular fucking photo of the uh, White House getting destroyed. That was... That is like fucking peak nostalgia childhood like thinking yeah. back to that video case with a lenticular cover tilting it to watch the White House blow up I mean I'm getting the fucking dopamine rush just now thinking about it <laughs> oh, I remember fucking I remember my dad gave fucking Rob a Lenny and then Rob gave us a Lenny Twister so it was a good trade good trade yeah uh Buy that fucking lenticular video. Oh, and that's it. Not every fucking tape got it, but when you did, when they did give it, it was like, oh man, 
and as well as you, and you can right. always, and, and you can, and you can guess where we acquired this particular videotape. Yes, of course. Yeah, but oh man, that was is fucking just uh, like a moment. Like I don't think he actually. I'm, I'm certain you still get lenticular covers on things nowadays. I, I wasn't it like steel books ah, or like lenticular covers like because all I guess slip cases it's sort of like the evolution Aye. of that yeah um, I know that fucking like a lot of the Marvel like 4k steelbooks are like lenticular aye um, I think I've got the uh, remake of George Romero's The Crazies on Blu-ray and it's got a lenticular ah. uh, case I th- I think I remember if the original Inception Blu-ray had like a lenticular and I think I th- it did because it was always a pain to try and get a photo of it. And to be honest, I think that's right. I think uh, like films like Tenet as well had like a lenticular cover. Oh yeah, because obviously, you know, just turn it one way and it's... Exactly. It's John David Washington going forward and the one that's him coming back. So uh, that, yeah, that explains. Yeah, but that's it. Like, the the peak of the lenticular cover comes and stops with Independence Day. Yeah. There's never been one finer mm. than the fucking most markable point of the movie, the fucking White House being fucking blown up. I mean, I think yeah. if like if there was any controversy back in the day, I was like, yeah. Uh, us at the White House aren't quite chuffed with this uh, scene and the fact that it's I mean, on when I get to when I get to the fucking trivia notes you'll be interested to hear a wee fine trivia note about this ooh I am intrigued okay so where the fuck do we start with our notes because obviously it's got a big fuck off cast yeah uh, it's fucking a huge cast mm-hmm. and I mean I mean I mean, not like, not top tier fucking A, fucking A-list. Names. Like, not every aye. fucking, aye. Like, probably the most A-list you got at that point was obviously Will Smith and Jeff Goldblum. Aye. Now, what point in the career was this for Will Smith? I imagine he'd have done Bad Boys by then. Yeah, this was, this was, this was like the year after Bad Boys. Was this? So he, had, he had, I don't know if he was still in the middle of doing Fresh Prince or if it had just... One, I think Fresh Prince finished just as he done Bad Boys. I'll double check the news. Uh, see what, what I'm more interested uh, in thinking is what point did he do Men in Black? The year what? after 97. Right. Because that's a, that, um, like, ooh, I, I assume. The last season of Fresh Prince aired in 1996. Right. So he was still, he still done Bad Boys and I think he probably finished uh, Fresh Prince and then done this or done it in between because that's it you just wonder like when obviously the guy was shit hot and Fresh Prince was ah, like a was... huge platform for him but so he didn't really need a breakout role in movies he was already going to be a fucking star so Bad Boys was also, must have been big and yeah. again also that would have been Michael Bay yeah, it was. And that was his directorial debut. Ah, fucking hell, what a way to start it. 
Mm. Uh, and then obviously I think Independence Day. Now, what the fuck was the rating to this film? This must have been a twelve. Well, it, it was a twelve because like like also my like my fucking like memory of it is I went to the fucking cinema to see it in the summer. Right. With my fucking dad's pal Jim, and I was only nine and a half, and I was fucking buzzing Aye. to go and see this. And I remember like fucking going to Kirkcaldy and all that, and you're like waiting, and I've got my fucking my juice and my fucking like whatever I had to eat and all that, and like, we go up to the ticket hanging, the guy's like, oh fucking, like, there you go and all that. And I thought like, oh, it was fucking sold it. See you the next show. And... No, and it's like uh, like uh, like ticket for you and your. Uh, your son there, he's like, ah, he's like, how old is he? He's like, oh, he's 13. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm like, yeah, you're right. I'm fucking right. And no. I was fucking buzzing there. I was absolutely buzzing to fucking see it. Oh, because like, I said, it would have been like a hard 12. This would have been before the 12A was introduced. Yeah. Where it's like, yeah, you could take your young kids as long as there's an adult. But, aye. You would have had to have gotten a fucking an arrow to take you in, right enough. Aye, and that that's yeah. also explains like why did I never see that in cinemas? And it's like because you would not have been old enough. Yeah, because you when you were twelve, you went to see when singer. Eh? Aye, I was a lot. I'd I was more into my comedies back then because I was fucking Austin Powers. Because I was the, the spy who shagged me, which I think was the watered down one, because wasn't the first one a fifteen? Yeah. And then aye. the second one was a fucking twelve, 12. and it was like, yeah. what do you mean? It's got the spy who shagged me in the title. How am I getting to see this film? And but I, I do remember going to see films like The Wedding Singer, and it was either that or it was the fucking whatever Pierce Brosnan Bond film was out, right. Tomorrow uh, never yeah. dies. I, or... I remember also going to see that. I remember the same year my dad's pal took me to go and see Star Trek First Contact, and it was a 12 as well. Oh. And that was, was just fucking shit. <laughs> I always remember I was never the biggest Star Trek fan, but I do remember him taking me to see the 20th anniversary of uh, A New Hope. Oh, it was just just before they done the was, tapes. Yeah, that's supposed to celebrate the twentieth anniversary. I was just getting into Star Wars at that time. Aye, and I and I was fucking able to see that on the big screen. Was fucking great. Oh, I bet that would have been awesome. Well, fucking audience. I mean, I I have seen that sort of in cinemas, kind of like when I used to be at the 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 Regent Cinema. We'd do like the little yeah. staff night, and we watched. Star Wars then, but it was like a DVD project and there was like six people there. So it wasn't really... Yeah. The energy wasn't there. Did we know fucking rent the uh, cinema for uh, I Saw the Devil? Shining. Oh, yep. Yeah. I, I Saw the Devil and uh, The Shining. Yeah. And I mean, back yeah, in the day... We've done when, it for Machete as well, actually. <laughs> did we? We've done it for Machete. I, yeah. I, I kick, I remember Kick-Ass because it was like a barbecue and we were all half-pissed. I remember sitting with a takeout, oh, waiting for the last film to finish so we could go in and fucking play kick-ass. 
Yeah, but I don't know when we used to be able to fucking go up to... Oh, who was old? Charles? Who yeah, like, fucking pizza. Exactly that. And then, like, he, and then he can talk to his fucking male other bride and all that. Oh, because that was it back in the day when it comes to hiring a cinema hall, you paid the projectionist with a spicy mince pizza, and then the cinema was yours. Yeah. So I yeah definitely I remember those shows of I saw the devil like. It was like show and tell. It was like, right, it's my turn. I'm going to bring the most fucked up Korean film you've ever seen. So. Uh, and of course, The Shining, which I, I would still go and see yeah. that in cinemas. Just oh, the atmosphere dripping out of that fucking film. Just to be totally yeah, immersed I, in it. I think I would have liked to go and see Doctor Sleep in cinema. Aye. I completely aye. missed it. Uh, and I wasn't until I, I and I thought it was really, really fucking good. But anyway, obviously going back to this one. Exactly. I was absolutely fucking buzzing at my wee nine and a half year old fucking tits to go and see this film, eh? Aye. I mean, obviously, like, the film looked fucking really good, but the fact that I was able to go and see a 12-rated film in a cinema... Aye, that's it. It's completely different because, can you've got the inverse of the thing, eh? Aye, and that's it. It's got the added danger to it. Where it's just like, I'm here and I shouldn't be... And this film's now fucking twice as cool as it needs to be because, like, I, I shouldn't be watching it, but I'm here. Like, it might traumatise me when that fucking alien pops out the ship, but I don't care. That's, that's like my early memories of this. Yeah, to me, I, I can't pin it down. I was either... It was either got the tape from Walkers or we got a pirate copy... Or, which I can't, I don't think we would have waited, but it was either that or you taped it off his sky for us. But I don't think we would have waited that long to watch it, I'm pretty sure. I'm, as I'm soon sure as your sister tape. went to see it. I'm sure, I'm sure Gillian went to see it. Ah, maybe. I remember, fucking, I remember being at your house or being at Grand's. Aye. And I remember like she was there and I mean she talked about the fucking, the scene in the tunnel with the dog. And I, oh, Aye. Yeah, and I'm pretty fucking pretty sure she's seen it at the cinema as well. Ah. Yeah, so that is like some of my earliest memories of the film. That, and you getting the fucking sweet-ass action figure for your Christmas. Oh, the big fucking alien. Yes. Ah, yes. I forgot I had that, man. I forgot I had that. That was so cool because it was fucking huge. It was like the size, bigger maybe than like an action man. Cause I remember I got that, but I remember a few years beforehand, I still remember getting the big fucking, like, stocky fucking T-800 with the fucking minigun. Oh, and it had aye. all the sound effects and all that. Yes. Aye, where it was like, and his it was arms moved and nothing scale. else. Aye, yeah. And you push the button and the wee, the wee minigun would spin. Aye. Uh, but fucking, uh, I, oh, I fucking forgot I had that big figure, man. Oh, shit. I forgot about that. Aye. It was huge. Aye, and that's it. It opened up, yeah, because you got to see the alien on the inside, too. Yeah, aye. And it, played, it made me noises and all that. Oh, man. I forgot <laughs> about that. Aye, I always minded that, because I was going to say, not that I was jealous, because it, that figure would have also creeped me out. But it was pretty fucking cool <laughs> to see it in person. It's like, oh man, that is pretty awesome. 
it has a great ensemble cast. I mean, you've kind of got three, three, no, four stories kind of ongoing. You have like your presidential party with Bill Pullman and his family, and there's like he's this doubted president where it's like, oh, he's young. He was like uh, a pilot for Nam, and was like, oh, is could he run the country? There always seems to be like some debate because there's always like those clips on TV and it's always debates and folk just trashing them. Yeah. And then obviously you've got like the environmentally conscious uh, uh, David, like Jeff Goldblum's character, and the IMDb described him as a satellite engineer and technological expert. Uh, so saying that because he does he does him um, obviously figure out like the satellite fucking readings and the signals and all that aye because so that is what his role was yeah because there's always like that running theme of everyone's got a really shit TV signal uh-huh. and for that was the fucking aliens kind of sending some sort of message to earth <sighs> then you had um Fucking Randy Quaid's family. Oh man, I fucking I love his wee subplot. Eh? The fact that he was, he oh. was a, a pilot in Nam. Yep. And then I was a pilot in Nam, and then he was like spent his last like ten years crop dusting. Aye. And like, I fucking I, I love the introduction to him. It's like fucking it gives you that like nice wee like fucking wholesome score of him fucking yeah going through the air early. So yeah, fucking happy to be doing it. It's absolutely tanked. Yes. And his kids and like Ranfield. And then the fact they crop dust the Ranfield and he's absolutely fucking hilarious. I uh, and he's like, You sure? He's like, it's the other side of town. And he was like, I don't know. And he just fucking pulls it a wee bottle of whiskey, has a little top up, and there's like some Mexican family just kind of staring at him. Yeah. And but, but I think it's like like you kind of almost get like a fucking, uh, what was his character in fucking National Lampoon? He played yes. David Chase's brother. Aye. Oh, man. Anyway, but uh, he's got that kind of nature about him. Exactly. Well. But then obviously, he, he, he claims that he was abducted by aliens. I know. And, uh, and oh. obviously, nobody believes him because and, of what I mean. I mean, who who would believe you, though? It, exactly. It, and it's those shitty fucking townspeople. Oh, and like, when, he, when he's arrested for, like, when he goes nuts and he's trying to warn everyone that they're here, they're coming. I was abducted. I know what happened. I know the truth. And then it cuts them in the diner and he's like, yeah, I, we love the guy, but, you know, he was abducted by aliens. They obviously done sexual things to him. Yeah. And it's yeah. just like, oh, just fucking slapping the shame on his family because also he's got the teenage son. Well, his son's the adult. He's got like the teenage daughter. And yeah. man, this cast all just looks like one frame away from being other people. It's like, man, that kid looks like Keanu Reeves. No, that young kid looks like Joseph Gordon-Levitt. No. <laughs> just ah, like, I see what you mean, eh? The, the two brothers, eh? They kind of do look a bit like. Aye, you like just. Keanu Reeves and a fucking, like, a Hispanic Keanu Reeves. <laughs> <laughs> oh, of oh, course, he was McGuire, wasn't he? But, um, yeah, just like when you looked at him, I was like, wait a sec. No, it's not. And uh, the daughter oh. from oh, Mrs. Doubtfire. Mrs. Doubtfire, aye, yes. yes. Aye. 
and obviously fucking one of Jeff Goldblum's uh, fucking workmates is uh, Robin Williams' brother. Yes, the, the guy with that makes the mask. Clearly smoked fags for like when he was five years old. Like, oh yeah, <laughs> and like what? Of course you recognise that guy the second he opened his mouth. The the genus is just fucking bursting out his voice as well. He's an old queen. Find out what's happening, and he's like, and he's like, it's like, oh, I got for my mum, I got for my brother, I got for my lawyer. Exactly. Nah, I get my lawyer, like fuck that. <laughs> And then he was like, wanted to talk to his therapist, like for three hundred dollars an hour, you put me through to his home in the Hamptons. <laughs> um, but I fucking I love the fact that like Case claimed that he's fucking abducted by aliens, and and also that gets brought back into the film later on. Aye, and uh, and and it serves its purpose. Aye, and that's it. He he's definitely like, well, that's it. The best way to describe him is like a a lovable loser. Yeah. Like it's totally you want that character to do best. You want everything. You want him to get his moment. You want like kind of prove all cunt wrong. And when it's like they're all looking for volunteers at the end, and he's like fucking first in line, showing up. Yeah. And Miguel's. It's, it's a bit where he fucking like meets the president, and he just slaps it right there. I mean, it's like like ever since I was adopted by aliens ten years ago. I've been dying to get some payback, and Bill Poom is just standing there looking like, Good. Oh, okay. all right. Uh, <laughs> Where's my right. security? <laughs> and I like how like, Miguel's pumping him full of coffee. It's like, come on, Dad, oh, yeah. let's sober you up. Come on, this is serious now. <laughs> but, oh, I mean, and Will Smith's character, who's like, you think, well, this guy's front and centre. He's like the last cunt to get introduced in this film. Yeah. Like the fucking spaceships showing up, it's come out of the clouds. He's still in his bed. Aye, with his stripper girlfriend and her kids. Did you notice who the stripper girlfriend was? Uh, Vivica A. Fox, who I only remember yeah. from obviously just one other movie, which was Kill Bill. Yeah. So. I always forget that she was in it, and I was like, I was like, who the fuck is she? I was like, she looks familiar. Well, and it was like I was looking through the credits, and I was like, oh, fuck, it's her. I, I didn't recognise her look, like her face, but the name Vivica A. Fox, you cannot forget a name like that. Like, yeah. That should have been a fucking, like, Pam Greer should have been playing Vivica A. Fox in the 80s. Uh, like, that's a black exploitation film if I've ever heard of it. And, of uh, course, Jeff Goldblum coming in hot after. Oh, Jurassic, Jurassic Park. Park was 93. When was Lost World? Was that? 97. 97. So, like, still a red hot property. So, for him to be in this, and then it's just like him playing fucking chess with his dad, uh, Judd Hirsch. And to me, fucking Judd is amazing in this film. Like, his yeah. character, just, just his wee fucking quirks. Or his, his little comments about everything. Like when they're in the presidential, uh, the Oval Office. And it's like, have a look and see if they got those pens. You know, the pens they give out. And it's just, all, <laughs> and I think kind of, it's like, there's like, play Jewish. Be really Jewish. Or, <laughs> but, oh, it's just like, oh, they kind of just this great fucking character. Like, oh man, he would make a great dad. Like when he's sitting yeah. talking about the whole breakdown where, uh, 
they find out that David had punched um, the fucking president before he was president. It's like, you punched the president? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Aye. He just kind of looks at him like that bewilderment. Like. Aye. It's like, my son done that? And he's got that look where he's like, I'm kind of proud. <laughs> uh. And it's even like when they were sitting playing the fucking uh, chess game at the start. And he's sitting drinking for a styrofoam cup and fucking David's giving him a hard time saying, uh, like, yeah, you know how long it's got to take that yeah. for to decompose? And it's like, I'm sitting here decomposing because it takes so long at chess. <laughs> <laughs> I like the bit as well, like, obviously, when they decide to fucking drive to the White House and he's like, he obviously fucking... Oh, he's going so slow. David's telling him, David's telling him to hurry up and he's like, oh, you're fucking scared that we get there. That's not actually going to be there. Aye. And David's almost playing like an embarrassed teenager, his hands up at his face, where like, oh, oh my god, please, just go faster. And it's like, we can't go fast. It's like, oh, cunt keeps overtaking me. Yeah. And then you get that fucking really good bit, like, towards the end, with fucking, kind of shouting, and then, he, then Julius fucking comes to kind of defend uh, David. Exactly. And, like, saying, oh, you cunt would have been dead. As one of these characters you just completely forget actually existed in this movie till you rewatch it because uh, to be honest, I have not seen this film like maybe in the last <laughs> fucking twenty years. <coughs> you good? I am not good. Oh fucking hell. <laughs> yeah. Like about that crop dust. <laughs> oh yeah, I can't I mean, fuck, I, I didn't think I've seen this film in ages. Maybe it was like a, one of these things where it's on like a Sunday afternoon, so it's like, oh, all right, okay, I'll bite, yeah. I'll watch it. But, I think it's like, it's got like a runtime of like two hours, 20 minutes. Aye. And it doesn't, it doesn't slow down, it doesn't get slow, it doesn't drag. Mm-hmm. And it, like, you kind of forget that like the whole fucking main bit of the film also with the fucking... It starts destroying the White House and all the major fucking monuments and all. Like that all happens within the first hour. Aye. Because that's a, it's, it's a big build up. Yeah. And I mean, the thing is, like, like what I like about the film as well, the fact that it, it uses like practical effects, fucking miniatures, models, mm-hmm. all that sort of stuff. I mean, you, you you would have to use fucking miniatures in a film like this. Kind of having oh, massive definitely. monuments fucking like blown up and all that. Oh, exactly. It's really nice to watch. Yeah. Aye, and well, that's it. It's one of these things where it's almost it's kind of like a slow build because it's almost like the the dinny show you the well actually I think they do show you the ship at the very beginning where it's kind of going over the moon, but going over the moon, ah, it's blown away the fucking. The footsteps that fucking aye exactly, and but it's all just like the anticipation. Everyone kind of knows it's in orbit, but it's just this fog of clouds, and then it slowly emerges. And the the detail, I mean, the fucking designs, like so much thought was put into it. And it was just because it's no just a a common like UFO like this big saucer. Aye, it's like these massive fucking. Like mile wide fucking spaceships. Eh? Aye, and that's it. I think it's like obviously like, when I watched it eh, the other day, like there was so much like 
stuff that I fucking picked up on that I didn't think I really picked up on fucking when I last watched it. Obviously, Aye. like fucking the fact that it fucking as <laughs> exactly what fucking David said it is, it is like chess. It places itself fucking around all these fucking well-known like places like the White House, mm-hmm. fucking and like. What else? Like, like Nora's a fucking one that gets mentioned a few times. In yeah, that stuff. aye. <clears throat> Completely takes to all the defense systems. Yeah, and it's just that moment where it's like you've got all like the hippies and all the people wanting to welcome the aliens, like that stripper lassie, uh, and they yeah. all just get up there, and it's a great moment where like the blue light comes and it opens, and everyone's kind of amassed in this blue glow. And they're all in awe. Then they're fucking blown to fucking pieces. Hmm. Like, because it wasn't like one, like the Empire State Building was one of them as well. Aye. So it just comes here and absolute fucking obliterates all tourism. Yeah, like it's a fucking <clears throat> it's a shot when like they start unleashing all these fucking like blasting it, and it's like the big massive like fucking. Flames flying through the city, and it's that poor bastard that's filing away fucking records in his like multi story fucking building. <laughs> Aye, who's this poor cunt that's still working? Aye, I guess he never got the memo. Eh, Aye, it's like, oh man, overtime's not worth it, run! And then you get fucking David's fucking colleague stuck in the car in traffic. Oh, aye. And, uh, and the fucking the flying car. Aye, where you just see it flying towards the fucking windshield and cuts away. Yeah. yeah. And that's it. What about, like, when they send the like the welcome wagon up? Is it right? Okay, we're going to send, like, a series of lights. And I think that's the moment where they realise, when David kind of gets gets word to the president, and is like, wait a second, I don't think they're going to be friendly. And it's just that strange fucking helicopter with the light fixtures. So I'm not sure if they were going to go for like Morse code or... Because I can't see if it would yeah. be like a football stadium. They're just going to fucking go like say hello. But it's just how it just kind of creeps open and just... Beep, fucking obliterates them. And it's the fact that you kind of always wonder how they're going to like be victorious because also they figure out that fucking the... The ship's got like a defense fucking mechanism on it that can't be penetrated or anything. Oh, aye, the fucking shields. Yeah. yeah. It's that fucking uh, like stealth jet that fucking doesn't even notice it. It's fucking like literally. Oh, I, As soon as they go through the clouds and there it is and then they're fucking and it's obliterated. Just fire, eh? Aye, where it fucking tears through and you see the fucking cunts in the ship, well, in the helicopter mm. getting amassed in flames. Yeah. Aye. And then it's obviously fucking like you get the like when they start amassing the whole like fucking attack you know, and all like, and start getting fucking picked apart left, right and centre. That's also when you like did you notice the wee Top Gun reference? Hmm. Nah, nah, no off the top <clears> of my head. Nah, it's fucking when I spend it also doing that wee speech and the wee fucking like like room, would you call it? The wee briefing room or whatever. Yeah, aye. And uh, <clears throat> uh, Will Smith's pal fucking 
comes up with the whole like like kick the tire like the fire and that's a fucking that's a reference to Top Gun. Ah right, okay. Uh, that's better than being like I got the need. The need for speed. Like <laughs> yeah, it yeah. wasn't as on the fucking nose as that. And then but. obviously fucking I always still remember like the bit in the like, in the cinema like with the fucking when the Bowsmith managed the proposal. to fucking like no 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 like fucking the bit where he's like fucking crashes the ship into the desert and that and fucking punches the alien. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Aye. Because as he had like he has a lot of reasons to be fucking angry. Like uh, I was like there's like that wee sense. friendship with him and his pal Rick. Was a guy called Rick or No um oh fuck uh, Jimmy. Jimmy. Because obviously they're like fucking thick as thieves and when they're in the lockers and they have like that oh, that mistaken bit. fucking propose and the guy just walks in and he's <laughs> fucking Jimmy's on his knees holding the ring up and the guy's like whoa 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 but obviously it, it includes that wee bit of a backstory for Steven's character that he's he's failed to get into NASA so the uh, boy's got that aspiration to be up there in the stars but He's just not successful. Yeah. But you know what was strange? I know how, obviously, when it starts with Steven's character and he sees the alien ship and he's like, fuck, okay, my leave is over. I need to get back to base. And um, like Vivica Fox's character obviously wants, is worried and she wants to be with him. and Or like just this kind of, I reckon what was like she was paranoid and he's like invites him to come stay in the base with him Aye. and then he's like right but he proceeds to leave them like he'll go to base aye. himself and then she'll go to work aye she's at work aye aye but Barbara's like if you're really that worried about it, just go with your yeah, man to the base there, now aye. so now nah, I'm gonna get one last uh, round of the polls in I'm just gonna get some try and get some money uh, a strip club and, where all yeah. <clears throat> looking at the fucking telly instead of her. Uh-huh. And then, obviously, I dig it. It must just be to kind of create that big old subplot of her. And it looks like fucking Fallout. She's driving a lorry through fucking injured people through the fucking wrecked cities. And she fucking finds the first lady who somehow survived the helicopter crash. Aye. Uh-huh. With knee burns either. <laughs> like she's bleeding out. She's gonna die, but yeah. fucking not a hair has moved on her head. Yeah. One of the fucking characters we've not actually kind of touched up on is fucking the the Secretary of Defence. Oh, uh, Nim Nim or whatever his name is, fucking blonde hair guy. Oh yeah. Was this the guy yeah. that wouldn't admit to Area Fifty One? Two. Ah, yeah, yeah, I fucking I never picked up on that at all until I watched it the other day, mm-hmm. and I was like, oh fucking hell, I never. Cause like when I watched it like, when I was younger, I assumed that that shit that they had was the one that fucking crashed. Ah, that will. Yeah. Yeah, aye. And it wasn't. It's a, this is all fucking Roswell stuff, and yeah, I love that was like a 
a fucking part for Julius to fucking bring up as well. I was like, yeah, that uh, thing yeah, in the yeah, desert, yeah. you know, uh, yeah, yeah. Roswell. And it's like, <laughs> yeah, no, that's, that's not real. Yeah. Fuck off. I'm the president. I would know this. Yeah. And he's in the background going, well. I know, he's fucking raging about that. <laughs> he's like, I'm the president. And I should fucking know this shit. And it's, it's, it does play like that fucking conniving weasel fucking yes, goal that. very well. That's almost like he's wanting to like undermine fucking Whitmore. Aye, he likes the kind of like he yeah. knows when he also when he says something like, like we could have we could have had this information before we sent up fucking like hundreds of pilots and all that. Exactly, and that's it. When you had that action sequence with Stephen, it was that was like your kind of first big action sequence in the film, where the fighter pilots were going in against aliens, and then they fucking send out a whole fleet of ships. And it's like a dogfight. Yeah. It's literally they're all going around, but they've all got those fucking force field shields on. And you're yeah. just thinking, how the fuck do you get past it? And it is just like by that crazy luck of Steven beating them into like that canyon. And they just managed to fucking crash their ship. Yeah. And it's like that reveal shot of Ozzy. He's pissed. He's going to be in his parachute. Raging like he's come off his fucking summer holidays, his best pals just died, and he's going over and he's fucking chapping on the door to get to the alien. Yeah. And it fucking opens up, and honestly, mm. that shot it still just kind of grosses me out a little bit. Just all the tentacles wiggling, and yeah. this this <laughs> big fucking alien pops up, and he just fucking punches him in the pus. Uh. And it's just that, and then it's the line, fucking welcome to Earth. And does he know fucking start a cigar at that point? Aye, he likes a cigar, because that's his whole tradition. Aye. Like, fucking, like, what's the word, like, his superstition stuff, and like, he Aye. uses that for, like, his victory dance sort of thing. Exactly. Fucking sucker punched an alien. <laughs> and it's like, it's that scene, though, where he's fucking walking through the desert, dragging that. Oh, in the parachute. Like, like, you must have fucking hit it with some force to knock it out. Yeah, that's it. Especially when, like, you reveal there's a wee alien in a big shell. So you think it yeah. should have been alright. Like, he should have just fucking punched it and just absolutely yeah, melted like his hands. He's, like, dragging it through and he's like, oh, can I... The fucking been smell. At a barbecue this weekend and then he comes out with a whole, like, what's that fucking smell? And then... Uh-huh. All of a sudden, fucking Russ Case shows up at an area. Yes, uh, there's a whole fleet of uh, fucking motorhomes. Like camper vans, aye. Uh, they, they're all rushing to Area 51 going, fuck it, we know where it is. And there's and that, probably, cool. probably the most in-fucking-genius bit of casting is the fact that they cast Data for Star Trek as the fucking head scientist. Oh, I never thought that. I could see it no. now. Ah, it's fucking Brent Spiner or whatever. Jeez, as Dr. Oaken. Yeah, I. Man, that is genius And casting. he just looks like a fucking hippie, yeah. Yeah, like, it is. The they're one, saying, yeah, like, the he, he they've been kept underground for a while. Like, this boy yeah. is Area 51, so I guess you don't get to go home at five o'clock. Yeah. <laughs> you and stay there. Like, it's like, everything has been happening, like, really exciting and and Whitmore just looks at him and like, well, oh, well, I wouldn't call it exciting. <laughs> and it's just when he fucking... Because it wasn't like when they get there and there's a right, hey, we kind of go in, there's static, you don't want to get in the atmosphere. And it's like, open the fucking door. And it's like, aye, okay. Yeah. 
And oh, they're just so fucking chuffed and to see people. And they show them fucking. They show them the fucking the plane, and then they show them the aliens and the fucking. Oh, the, like, like their skeletons. Aye. Yeah. And I love how when Stephen gets there and his fucking key to get in, he's like, "Nah, Aye, man, we can't let you in." And he's like, "Clearance? How's that for clearance?" And the guy's like, "Holy shit, let him in!" It just, it just looks like it's fucking drooling, eh? Aye. And, like, fair enough, let Stephen in, but not let all the fucking motorhomes in right after him. It's yeah. like, ah, this cunt's got an alien, he's allowed in. Resius, wait at the gate. Aye. And it then is... you do, obviously, you do get the scene where they, where they're kind of, like, operating oh, aye. on the alien, and I still remember. I think I was, like, I was, I think I was the only one that did not jump when the head fucking flew open. Aye. Like, everybody, like, fuck it. I reckon, I reckon, because I kind of must have thought maybe this sort of shit would have happened. But I remember the fucking, I remember my dad's pal fucking jumped. The boy <laughs> in the road, front of us, fucking almost jumped backwards in the row. <laughs> and I always fucking remember that. Well, that's it. I guess when watching it as a fucking kid, like an underage kid watching that fucking film, what yeah, was there any fucking yeah, traumatizing yeah. part? Was there any part that actually I mean, I fucking still remember, scared like, you? Fucking mum and dad would not fucking let me watch Aliens. Well, that was that was my next question. Ten year old, Aye. ten eleven year old. I, I got introduced to like Alien and Aliens because like that kind of comes down to like your jump scare as well. And I'm thinking, well, yeah. if you'd seen Aliens, Independence Day is a fucking doddle. But ah. Aye. I always remember my dad saying, ah, you're not going to watch that, it's scary for you. Fuck off. It's nothing scary about you, Lens. <laughs> I would remember when watching, I was staying at my grand's house and Alien was on TV and I think, what? They must have just been asleep in the living room and I just had free reign of the telly and they would be watching about Alien and it would get too scary and I would just flip to another channel <laughs> just to kind of calm down and kind of count to 10 seconds and flip I back. I remember the only thing that proper freaked me out about Alien was when fucking Ash started flipping it. Oh, aye. Because that's uh, it's like just that. not normal at all. Yeah, like, no the fucking whole chestbuster scene or the fucking air duct scene. Nothing. Like, nothing like that. Does this cunt like, spitting up milk? That me at all. Aye, it was just the whole fucking uh, Ash thing. I was like, fucking hell. Just freaked me out, kind of, you know? Mm-hmm. Aye, it was fucking something else. But but I also you get the fucking going back to all the time. That's like the autopsy. operating scene, obviously fucking aye. And it's like the bit where like oh like, he must be fucking like because they couldn't really tell if it was a lie were they. Then all of a sudden you see the fucking hand like ah oh, the fingers slowly moving back. Aye, like, and... it makes that fucking weird horrible like. Solar fucking piercing noise. Eh? Yeah, eyes aye. opened. And well, that was it. What did you think of the the fucking design of like the actual alien inside alien? Like they're almost like chrome. <laughs> yeah, what reminded me? It reminded me slightly fucking Men in Black. All ah, right. Remember the wee alien with control. I yeah. I actually was expecting that, that first because I think I'm just I was more familiar of that wee alien with like his big like the white eyes with the black pupils. I wasn't expecting this fucking chrome dipped alien to be in there. 
that made me think of that fucking scam in high school where you'd buy a little like tub of jelly and have a little rubber alien in it. And supposedly if you rub two aliens' backs together, it would make a fucking baby alien. And you would buy into that stupid shit in school. <laughs> Man. But, aye. Definitely. That sequence when it fucking wakes up and does it not like close the fucking head? It's almost like an Iron Man suit. Where it... No, it doesn't. It's head's open. It's a wee... Oh, aye. It's his head inside, as well as his eyes are open. Aye. And it goes, it controls you with fucking, like, it kind of like. Aye, it kind of uses Dr. Otkin as like a like a speaker. It just fucking aye, so wraps fucking the cords. Exactly. <clears throat> and it just like fucking asks for freedom, like, release me now. And it's just got that great line of. No, I think it, is it Robert Lagoya, like the general? Saying to like, let's say his lieutenant is like, is that glass bulletproof? And he's like, no, sir. Aye. And he knows exactly what the fuck to do. Yeah. And he just fucking, fucking blows it away. It zones in on fucking uh, the president. Fucking, uh, it has like fucking thoughts as well. Exactly. And just starts. Absolutely... Sorry, it lets fucking, it lets Whitmore see into fucking his thoughts. Aye. <clears throat> Which, like, I would have liked a visual of that rather than just like, yeah, I. I saw a really expensive fucking uh, sequence of events that I, I could only tell you. That it, it could only be made in a Michael Bay film. Exactly. A lot was going on. It would have been a lot of expensive CGI. Let me just tell you that these guys are bad and they're going from planet to planet. Yeah. But it was. It was a, a badass sequence when, like, the fucking general was like, fucking blow it away. And there's like yeah. no hesitation, all they just riddles it with bullets. And then also you get fucking uh like Nimzitsky's fucking plan of like nuking like the fucking like air sight and all that and it's like Aye. And it just like makes no difference because they do it. Obviously there's a big yeah blast Aye. and then all these fucking cheering. And there's one guy going, no, no, we need to wait for a visual. Then you get your hopes up. Yeah, let's wait. And, and, and that's a fucking genius bit in the film as well. Like, the music played in that scene as well. Because you've just seen him with static and smoking. Or, Aye, and they think, well, that's and it. And then it's when the camera fucking pans back the way and the ship's still there and you get that, like... The focus. For and then boden the... fucking, like, yes. for boden fucking music, like, fear and death. Because that's like, it. Like, it goes for, like, triumph to just, like... Yeah. Ugh. The, the fucking reality of the situation, and, and like, like, that's like one of like my other notes of wolf as well. Like I fucking I love the score for this one. Yeah, and it's fucking and it's done really well. Totally, it's got, like almost like a military feel to it. Like, the pipes and the drums and all like it's kind of almost reminds me a wee bit of fucking like the Great Escape and all that. Ah, yeah, because that's it. I feel like it's it is definitely a great score. It's. Something where it's almost kind of like a more down to earth, uh, like a John Williams score, where it doesn't need to be so fantastical, but it's just, yeah. how do you kind of just, uh, I had, you said like triumph, like that definitely has that feel to it. Yeah. Because, well, that's it, it was like a, a th- almost the score itself knew it was kind of like a modern classic. Yeah, because it's got like it's kind of it's got like the like the 
the drums, the pipes, like fucking. What was it like they call it like the brass pipes and all that? Aye. Like there's wee bits in that. Like it's uh, obviously when you get to the whole bit where it cuts to like fucking July fourth and all that, and fucking David's absolutely fucking tanked, mm-hmm. like drinking this bottle of whiskey and all that, and then of all people, his fucking dad fucking kind of comes up with a yeah the the plan if fucking we know the plan but like the what's the, the word? inspiration aye to help you fucking plant the computer virus just and all that. tell them no to get the colds and it just like yeah. it clicks mm. so and that's it part of me was just thinking oh they give the aliens a cold but that's actually the fucking that's a war of the worlds with Tom Cruise isn't it like yeah, the aliens get there, but they can't yeah, handle yeah. the viruses. Whereas this film, it's computer viruses. Yeah, but and I, I mean, it's quite fucking quite ingenious the fact that like the plan on flying up to like, the main mothership. Very ambitious. I say right, we'll pilot this alien ship that's been here for eh, thirty years, maybe. Fly back to space. Slip back in unnoticed, upload a virus, then get the fuck out of Dodge. Yeah. Like, what's the worst that I could go wrong? Planting two, uh, two nukes as well. Aye, right enough, it does fucking launch those. And that's it, obviously, then, they, they make it. It's, it's that kind of great effect. It's right, if we take out the fucking head, the body will fall. Like, take out the mothership, and the rest will be fucked. And they have yeah. that great sequence of they're relaying a message across the world through Morse oh, code. Yeah, Morse code, aye, yeah. That's a nice they've sequence. Got everybody, they've got like the fucking the, like Asians, fucking mm-hmm. uh, the the guys that are in like fucking like Saudi Arabia and all that. Aye, everybody's there. And then also you get fucking Whitmore decides that he wants to be up there as well. I know, eh. So as soon as they kind of like said he was a pilot, he's like, oh, of course, of course, like, why else? You just kind of think back and he's like, why the fuck is the president flying with them? And like, there's like just a kind of perfect bit of backstory, like he was a fucking pilot in Nam. So of course he could get out there with the boys and fucking shoot shit up. And it's just that fucking great speech, like the iconic Independence Day speech. And I feel like it was a speech where he, he talks about uh, going quietly into the night. Yeah, and no, that was from... Is that a Churchill thing, or...? I, th- I think that's at the start of Aces High. I think that's what was relayed over the... Uh, I don't think... I don't I think mean, it's that part. But it, is, it is definitely it is definitely a fucking... Churchill quote. I don't want fucking... Oh, me and Margaret were like thinking, well, I've heard that from somewhere. And to be honest, I could have swore Michael Caine said something similar in uh, Interstellar. Just something about like a, sh- like a ship going silently through the night. And I feel it was like a poem that, or like a, a quote that they're constantly repeating. Like when... Wasn't it... Uh, who was... The adult uh, version of Murph in Interstellar. It's not Bryce Dallas yes, Howard. It was. It was. It was. Um, 
Whereas, uh, I need to look that up. Ah, yeah, it was a Winston Churchill speech to the House of Commons uh, British Parliament on the 4th of June 1940. Right. It was during World War Two. Aye. Hmm. It is, it's a fucking iconic speech. And it was when I had a look at the, the trailer for Independence Day Resurgence, it fucking uses parts of the same speech and it's like no you bastard don't bastardize it like that speech was perfect don't you bring it back up it should be and independence like day a, like regurgence it kind of gives you like a wee bit of like nostalgia like a wee bit of like like goosebumps when you hear that speech especially with the music playing as well then you get fucking Aye. randy quaid in the background with his helmet and i'm going fucking mad I do love it when Russ um, gets in the fucking oh, cockpit. Oh, like when oh, he, yeah, yeah. he gets in the helicopter. Aye, exactly. He's in it one minute and he's like, missile, prepare to launch. And it's like, oh, shit, eh, no, no. One, two, three. And he's fucking cancelling it. And it's like, oh, man. Like, your family's so fucking proud of you. And there you are about to fucking like, yeah. shoot the fucking president's plane down. Yeah, saying that he's fucking pet to pet for the quit drinking. <laughs> but uh, I think it was good as well the fact that he got like, it was Whitmore that got to fucking land the first fucking shot yes because the first one didn't work when they came in no it's the second it's missile like, like, it's the wee fucking the wee like modem computer thing that fucking David has and mm. I'm like how the fuck does that even work up in space <laughs> where's that ethernet cable plugged into <laughs> Because that's a, it's ambitious as fuck. Like, when Steve and Dave get into the Muller ship and they go in and you get to see inside it and it's just this vast, huge fucking areas of blue fog and there's aliens and there's these It's almost archways. like a fucking population, eh? Exactly. It's like their fucking planet and they've just went right up the middle of it. And you're just thinking, what? This is just huge. And because do they not go on autopilot somehow just to kind of ah, yeah, make things easier and then they upload a virus like power down windows to stop being seen ah exactly and what did they not like turn their chairs around and everything gets fucking resetted and like oh this is bad no they go hide behind their chairs ah yeah they're going to hide behind the chairs yeah. And they kind of realise that they're probably just going to have to detonate it here and there. Aye. And <clears throat> I love that moment of where they go to escape and, of course, they're being chased, they're being shot at, the doors are closed and they get so small and they just fire out and fucking Steve just screams, Elvis has left the building! And there's Jeff Goldblum's oh, character, yeah. Dave, going, oh, thank you very much. It was just, oh, I just fucking loved it. Because he's, he's also kind of such an awkward character as well. He's not the cool guy. Like, Steve's the cool guy, yeah. but he's the guy that's always there to make the awkward joke. Yeah. I just really yeah, fucking did you get the fucking, And then you get, um, like, uh, Russell's, like, redemption sort of thing. That is, like, Quaid's exit is, like... This has to be his like career defining role next to Christmas Vacation. Yeah. 
Because, oh, it's just, it makes the fucking movie. Like, when he's there, yeah. like, what, whose missiles had jammed? Was it fucking Whitmore's? Uh, yeah, it's jammed, uh, No, no, it's, no, uh, uh, cases. It's, it's, it's his one, that's his, his one, it's jammed, aye. Aye. So he thought, fuck it, I'll just, like, go kamikaze. <laughs> and it's just... It doesn't have any fear at all, eh? Nah. Like... And it's just that shot, like, his face is blue, and he's getting close, and it's like, hey, boys, I'm back! And they're just like, oh, Honestly, you could tear up at that moment, but it's just so fucking good. Yeah. Such a good moment. There's, let's, I, there's nothing to hate about this film. Nah, nah, I don't have any negative. Like, definitely in our fucking generation like this film is like fucking cinematic cinematic fucking summer blockbuster gold like this mm. kind as of like, as like when you think about it like, you're kind of glad that it was made in the, in the 90s aye because I don't think it would be as good because I reckon I reckon it would just be all fucking digital stuff yeah aye that's it with the because the technology was getting there, and I reckon maybe... I mean, granted, it... you could kind of, like, you notice a wee bit, like, when they're sitting in front of, like, stuff that's, like, digital and all that. Aye. But you can just notice it slightly, like, the, like it's the bits when, they, when they're leaving the White House and the chopper, and you see them, like, running at the White House and the chopper and that, and you can kind of see it doesn't look... Aye. Can real sort of thing earlier, you can kind of notice it as a like green mean. screen, what the thing is. Yeah. But, but now, like, I fucking I do not hate anything about this film. Mm-hmm. I fucking I enjoy it a lot. Aye. And it is, it's a fucking fantastic film, and it's, it's one of those ones where, man, I need to find the right stage to kind of show this to my kids and not traumatise them with that alien. Yeah. But, I mean, what, I'll, uh, Cameron will be, what, eight this year? Yeah. Yeah, I reckon like, like, a year, a year and a half, maybe. Yeah. So, aye, um, maybe a few years yet. But mm. I um, tapped out of notes. I went through all the best things I've yeah. written down. Do you have anything left before we move on to the BBT? Uh, nah, that's I've pretty much got BBT over here. That I've got all my notes are all done, pretty much. Okay, go and give us some budget box office and trivia. What do you think the budget for this one was? Would it be a bit much to say one hundred million? Yeah, a wee bit. Aye. Still a bit high. Yeah, aye, definitely. Okay. Eighty. Uh, Seventy-five mil. That's all right. That's definitely fucking quite yeah. good. I think maybe it's all inflated nowadays with like marketing. When that all gets rolled into yeah. it, that's where your fucking millions gets flung away. Yeah. I mean, yeah, probably made a bit more. Like, I wonder if its overall budget like was inflated for when they used to be fucking White House scene for Austin Powers' Spy Was it the Spy Shad when they used the White House scene? Must have. Or was it the third one? Would it, no, third no, one was, was, so... it was the second one. It was the second one because I went because Tim Robbins 
playing the president, and he was remember Doctor Evil was wanting all the money, right? And say oh, if he doesn't give him the money, this is going to happen. They play uh. the clip for the way he's getting destroyed. Yeah, <laughs> uh, but yeah, what do you reckon it took domestically? One hundred twenty. Ooh, man, summer blockbuster. So it, on a budget of seventy-five mil, domestically it took three hundred and six million dollars that summer. Jesus Christ, that's like I feel like nowadays when you get films, that's like worldwide figures, not domestic. Yeah, fucking hell, that it was is the highest a blockbuster film of the year as well. And that's it. When they use that expression "blockbuster," they mean people would queue around a block to see that film because there was no other way to see it. And like, yeah. those days are kind of gone, eh? Like, yeah, when you go I... to a cinema and is it right? Okay, new Star Wars film. Okay, it's shown every half hour on like twenty like, screens. The busiest screening I've ever been to was Quantum of Solace. The ah. one that we went to, remember? Yeah, I remember we fucking. We actually struggled to all sit together. Yeah. Aye, to that me, was the busiest screening I'd ever seen. I think the busiest screening I had ever seen was for Indiana Jones and the Crystal Skull. Oh, like, God. I got there and me and Margaret couldn't actually sit together. It was that fucking busy. And yet, probably 90% of the whole room felt disappointed come the end. <laughs> Just watching them climb into that wee fridge. Oh, God. Um... Globally, what do you think it took? Um, right, so it already picked up fucking 300 million domestic. I always feel worldwide, like uh, the foreign market, it always goes so much higher. So let's say altogether fucking 700 million. Like, is that globally or just like. Overall, um, God, I guess it's. I was gonna say overall, but that sounds like that might have just been the foreign market itself. Did it surpass a billion dollars? It did not. It oh. ended up worldwide growth in eight hundred and eighteen million dollars overall. So it wow. made five hundred and eleven overall in the global market. Right. So I that mean, was all outside of the mess. The fact that it made 300 in its own country. Exactly, that's unheard of. And it only made an extra 200. Yeah. Like worldwide. That's definitely fucking mad money. Considering as well the fact that, like, back in those days, films would get released in America. You wouldn't get them in the UK till at least another three months. Aye. Three, four months at best. Whereas nowadays, it's only a matter of weeks after that aye days like they might get like the fucking Friday before we do or yeah. that, that strange thing when with Marvel movies we always used to get them like one yeah. week before what I used to love about here in a fucking uh, region free fucking DVD player back in the day I used to go into playusa.com of course buy all the new films while they were out in cinema here that's it I had uh, the fucking copy of Adam Sandler in uh, The Longest Yard I think I bought that off of like CD Wow, like right after seeing it in the Odeon. And I thought, oh no, I want that now. I want to see if I can Courtney Cox big fake jugs at home. 
Fucking Warren Buffett. <laughs> <laughs> fucking Kevin Nash with sensitivity. <laughs> yeah. Oh, fuck I. Oh, that was such a fucking film. Yes, yeah, like grossly over 800 million. Mm-hmm. Which is pretty good considering totally. that many times. Like, has to have, I reckon that's probably up there if it were one of the most like profitable films ever. And then Aye. the year after, obviously, fucking. Uh, Titanic coming and just ah, absolutely like, fucking, fucking Jim Cameron and his ship. Get to the trivia. I've got three trivia notes for you here. Okay, okay. I'll give you the first one because it's fresh in my mind about the the whole White House bit. Aye. It was the, I think it was either the director or the producer gave up their seat uh, and gave it to Bill Pullman. But their seat, like during the screening, was next to Bill Clinton at the time. Right. And they'd done that out of the fact that they were feared that fucking he was going to go mad at the White House getting destroyed. <laughs> so they sent Bill in to fucking take the seat. Aye. So fucking put the, the screen president yeah. next to the real president. Yeah. Um, the, the spacecraft used in the Area 51 bunker scene. Mm-hmm was full scale. What? That was full scale. It was full 65 feet wide. That was Fucking fully built. hell. I wonder if that still probably, exists nowadays. Yeah, like, I wonder. In a fucking warehouse somewhere. And probably the most fucking brilliant, controversial fucking unreal bit of trivia I've read for a film in a long time and mm-hmm. it kind of doesn't surprise me but it kind of like doesn't a bit right the original plan was for the, the, the President Whitmore character was kind of going to be like almost like a Richard Nixon type character okay guess who it was originally wrote for <sighs> fuck I... was it someone older than Pullman Pullman Maybe around the same age, I would say. Ah, oh, fuck! I couldn't tell you. I mean, I'm I'm just getting images of like Robert De Niro and um, uh, Jack Nicholson in my head, but they kind of just cause a kind of little 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 similarities to Nixon. But nah, did they have any mention? Kevin fucking Spacey. No. Oh, they would have put yeah. all that putty on his face. <laughs> oh, it is all the money in the world. Uh, yeah. Oh, no. Yeah. Kevin Spacey. I could not fucking believe it when I read that today. Jesus like, Christ. Oh, that's going down in the notes. Man, oh, you only want to sit him next to fucking Bill Clinton at the screening with the fucking controversial pasts they've had. Oh, I know. It'd be like a fucking game of top fucking traders saying, right, okay, I'll give you five monikers. Okay, I'll give you the bellboy. <laughs> and it's like... <laughs> oh, shit. Oh, Jesus. That's fucking... Oh, man, I could not believe it. I read that. It's like, oh, that's fucking gold. Oh, they would have been like, oh, Bob, Bill, I've not seen you since we've been on fucking Jeffrey Epstein's Island. How's it going? <laughs> Oh. oh, fucking hell. I'm trying to think, because obviously this would have been the year after, like, Seven and 
Yeah, usual suspects. So I kind of wonder if. Yeah. Maybe they're just kind of looking for someone a bit more wholesome. The fact that, like, he was just portraying yeah. such dark characters. They would have yeah. expected him to be a crooked president. I wonder, actually. I, I couldn't, like, I was going through the trivia notes and all that, and, like, there was a lot of, like, controversial stuff that it was, like, banned in, like, countries for fucking stupid stuff and all that. I never, like, I never found a trivia note to see what fucking, what money Will Smith got offered for the role, because he would have been fucking, like, white hot at the time, eh? Totally. He must have fucking had a decent, decent bit of coin for that film, like. Aye. And I mean, Jeff Goldblum probably didn't need it because he was probably still fucking rolling in after Jurassic Park. Ah, he would be like fucking Scrooge McDuck. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. You know what? Obviously, at the start of this episode, I was going to make this a two-parter, but fucking the length that we went to on this episode, I think they deserve an episode each. So, I call that we make um, The Rock be episode 258. Yes. Yeah. Episode 258. I reckon, I reckon we'll probably talk. Just as much. Just as long because. Totally. Again, it's a fucking film that we grew up with. Aye, because that's. We're roughly. Like, The Rock, this episode is now over 1 hour and 50 minutes. Yeah. So, like, that could be a fucking four-hour podcast if we were sewn that together, but fuck it, let's, let's yeah. just throw these episodes out there. Let's give it its own number. Uh, so, yeah, ladies and gentlemen, that is it for Films and Swearing this week. I've been your host, Stuart Sutherland, and joining me across the internet, Magic Mike Christie. Yeah. Bugger off and tune in next time. <laughs>